Hello there, friend. Welcome back to the Cash Confidence Stylist Podcast. So before we get into this episode, I got a question for you. How often do you ask yourself, where the hell is my money going? Okay, look, a lot of us, that runs in a constant loop in our mind. And it's time to take your first step towards financial empowerment. So I wanted to give you a free resource that is going to help you do just that. I wanna give you Assess Your Situation, which is the first module in my course, as well as your guide to figuring out where the fuck your money is actually going. Sorry if you have kids in the car. So this is gonna be a free guide that I've created to help you break the loops, providing you with tools to assess your current financial situation. You don't even have to break out the calculator and to help you gain awareness about what you actually need to start making those money moves where it truly matters. So go ahead and scroll all the way down to the bottom of the show notes and snag it. The link is down there um, and enjoy this episode. Let me know how assessing your situation goes. Thanks friends. This is Misty Jane, and you're listening to Backroom Beauty Talks, a real, raw, and unedited podcast that helps uplift the hair industry one stylist at a time. Hello, friends. So I'm super excited to bring on one of my personal friends once again. Her name is Sarah Marie, also known as the Vivid Brunette on Instagram. She is a salon owner. She owns Coco Lemon in Richmond, Virginia. She is also partnered up with her best friend, Ashley, also known as the Blondologist, where they are coaching stylists through their journey becoming independent stylists, which is so needed in this industry right now. And I really wish I had somebody like that when I went out on my own. Um, They're also doing education, hands-on education via Zoom currently because of the COVID climate. Um, she, Sarah Marie specializes in brunettes and gray coverage balayage, which I think is pretty cool because you don't see that shit very often. So I hope you enjoy. If you like this episode, don't forget to share it on Instagram, leave a review. Please tag me at hair underscore Misty Jane. And for this episode, don't forget to tag Sarah Marie at the vivid brunette. Enjoy. Hi, Sarah Marie. How are you today? I'm fine. How are you? I'm good. Welcome to Backroom Beauty Talks. So I wanted to have you on because I think you do really cool shit and you're a salon owner and you are a coach for independent stylists and I want to know more about that. So can you kind of tell me your story and tell the people who you are? Uh, Yeah, I will try to make a long story short. I am Sarah Marie. I'm in Richmond, Virginia. I've been doing hair since I started my apprenticeship in 2006, got licensed, worked in a commission salon, and within two years, ended up buying that salon from the owners with my best friend, uh, Ashley, also known as the Blondologist. And the two of us ran that salon for four years, got pregnant within seven months of one another, and To be honest, that salon was not profitable. We were young and we didn't know much. And I feel like the hair world was a little different back then. The social media side of things hadn't really taken off. So I felt very much like we were in a bubble that I didn't know how to get out of. How long had y'all been doing hair when y'all took over that salon? So 2006. 
six, two thousand five years. Okay. I mean, we still were young. Big. Yeah. 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 In every sense of the word, we were like still learning. Right. We'd really only taken education from like three or four brands. Independent education may have been a thing, but I didn't know anything about it yet. Right. I didn't know independent education existed and our lease was up. So we closed that salon and had our babies and went to work for someone else. And after you've been your own boss, it's really challenging to be someone's employee again. So that didn't last long. And I kind of jumped in blindly to opening my studio. I had a Sola studio and I opened that while Ashley was on maternity leave. Mm -hmm. And To be honest, that was the first time in my career where Ashley wasn't in the chair next to me. And I was finally getting a vision of myself and who I was as a colorist because she was always just like a few months ahead of me. And she's so naturally talented. She is a painter and it has always been that way for her. And for those listening, Ashley is her business partner in the salon and with her coaching. So if yeah. you Sarah Marie, you'll know Ashley. <laughs> She's kind of just like my life partner. Yeah. We're, both married. We're like happily married with boys, but little boys. Um, but we also, yeah, she's, I, for her birthday this year, do we cuss on this podcast? Oh, yeah. Hello. Okay. <laughs> for her birthday this year, I got her a bracelet that says, bitch, you're my soulmate. Like, oh, I love that. <laughs> <laughs> Do your husband jealous? I think they're grateful yeah. that like <laughs> they don't have to have all of us all the time. There's <laughs> right. someone else to handle some of us. That's funny. Um, so at Sola, while she was on maternity leave, I really got to find myself and like I got to figure out like, oh, just because Ashley is so good at blondes and doesn't mean that's what I have to do to make money or even like to do. And I just kind of started taking independent education and I got really into balayage. And from there, the two of us took our first, the business of balayage class when they were here in Richmond. Mm -hmm. And we just fell in love with that company and that brand and independent education. That class was in August. And by October, they had hired us to be traveling educators for them. Awesome. It was so cool. I'm, I think they are the coolest people ever. And they definitely taught me a lot about just being myself. And it was the first time I felt like I'd found my people, right. like a group of people I could do these things with. And from there, we grew out of that studio, went to a bigger studio, And then we got too big for that studio, ended up in booth rental because we missed teamwork. And when I went booth rental, I just really realized how much I missed the salon owning side of things, how much I missed mentoring and leading apprentices was something that was always really special to me. Right. So we kind of decided there were a bunch of little pieces of all of these things that we really enjoyed and that like our mission and our passion right now is just empowering hairstylists to find them own, their own selves and to just really run with that. And so we built a space for 
other hairstylists to just feel empowered to do whatever makes them happy and make a lot of money while they do it. Now you're getting into coaching independent stylists or stylists who want to become independent. Did mm-hmm. you and Ashley decide before opening your salon that you wanted to do this? Or did you kind of find that when you started bringing in stylists to your salon? So honestly, we did not plan it ahead, but like we had such a good time doing it. And honestly, all the stylists in our space, I, I'm like a happy mama bird all the time, like watching them build and really do what they want. Right stylist and I don't have any more chairs like I am out of square footage especially in a social distanced era right (laughs) to bring more stylists in to take them under my wing right so that's when I kind of fell into I thought I was just going to be coaching with Ashley coaching uh independent stylists but then other stylists started reaching out to us wanting to learn about our business model and how we run the space we have. So that kind of just fell in our laps too. Right. Now, what is the one thing people, what is the number one DM that you get from people who want to go independent? Because I know that you get a lot of those. Uh, I think most of it is like they overwhelmed, like don't know where to start. Right. Um, if they've already decided to go independent, it's a lot of help with licensing and account like hiring accountants and bookkeepers and the the paperwork the stuff that no one taught us in hair school right um but if they haven't chosen to go independent yet i think it would just be like i really want to do this i don't know where to start right and um just fear just fear of like jumping in head first right And what would you say? So I, as you know, I went from commission to a suite and now it's been almost three years. And I remember feeling like I didn't know where to start. Um, I found that the back end stuff was actually the easier. I mean, getting a license and things like that was a a lot easier than I expected because I don't know, it just sounds like it's going to be scary. Um, But there was a lot once I was in there that I didn't expect. Do you find that you hear about that a lot or are you still kind of working with people who aren't quite in a, in a space yet? I think that the people I've worked with because I've kind of eased them into opening their own space so far, I feel like Ashley and I have brought up a lot of that stuff before they've started. So for me, those things are like setting up a system for inventory Right. Finding the right accountant and the right bookkeeper, um, no-show policies, late policies, missed appointment policies, now it's COVID policies, all of those things. So essentially setting up boundaries before the business even begins. Yeah. And that's something Ashley and I coach and are big on is like preventing a fire instead of putting one out. Yes. I feel like that's how you and I became friends. Because it's such a hard one for so many stylists, just um, sticking with what you need for yourself, you know, and sometimes starting is easier than backtracking. I've definitely found that. Yeah. And then for me, like, I really, really struggled because I was raised as a young stylist in customer service, clients always write 
work hard, get them in, never say no. I think we were all raised that way. That's the number one conversation I have with people is that's how we were taught until social media came along and showed it didn't have to be that way. Yeah, I agree. You know, because well, they don't teach you this stuff in school. Like, well, and I think that the customer didn't, the customer was always right back then. Right. Um, because there weren't, there were so many options and there weren't as many distinct looks like that for me, social media also meant that the color was becoming more customized and half an inch difference. And like when I learned color, it was like, they want to be as blonde as they can, as tight as they can. And it better be to the room. Right. There wasn't this, like, I want my highlights to accent my brow bone and my cheekbones. There was none of that customization. So it was easy to go to almost any salon and know that your hair would look like you wanted it back then. Right, right. That is very true. Okay, so social media has changed the business in general, in my opinion, like huge. Because even when I started, um, I mean, I pretty much built my business off of referrals in the salon that I worked in, bringing in um, business for me, or now you can get on social media and I think you can build a business fairly quickly, especially if you come out of school with any kind of talent. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> what do you think, I don't know if you've noticed this, but post COVID, I'm seeing stylists really get online and really talk about how they feel. Mm -hmm. Do you think that there is going to be an even more exchange um, as far as like no burnout boundaries, like post COVID, like moving forward in the, in the business? I, I hope so. Yeah, me too. Right? It makes like, me so, I, I like get pumped when I see a stylist, like, like, you can't talk like that in my salon. I'm like, yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. I mean, that, I mean, that's my whole thing with hair is it's so personal mm -hmm. and it's so customized. And I, we like to say we're not a hair robot. Like I'm a human, I'm a wife, I'm a mother. I have beliefs and right. I have boundaries. And if my beliefs and my boundaries don't work with the kind of people I'm attracting, that's, that's fine. They can go find someone else that aligns with them better. Right. I just, I feel like, and I say this a lot, there are always going to be more heads of hair that need to be done than there are hairstylists. Yes. We are not in competition with each other because what I do, what you do, what someone else does is very different. And my dream client is probably not the same person as yours or another stylist would be. Absolutely. And I think too, is even if you could have four stylists that all have exact same skill set, but maybe they talk different. Maybe some like to be more quiet and you have clients who don't want to talk during their appointment. Maybe, you know, like, like your personality is so much more. Yeah. Just... Maybe I want to listen to Cardi B and someone right. else will listen to Beethoven. Right. And that will be the difference for the, the guest. Yep. It's all, I think, about who you get along with. And right. I hope who you vibe with because I know I do my best work, my best color, when I'm comfortable with the person I'm spending, I mean, sometimes six hours with. Right. Exactly. Yeah. 
So talk to me about the difference in um, teaching hands-on classes in person and now this new digital hair situation that we've got going on. <laughs> so <laughs> Give me the pros and cons because there's got to be stuff you like better and there's got to be stuff that you don't. Yeah. So I just did, I've only done one Zoom class, one hands-on Zoom class. And I feel like, well, first of all, the Zoom class, I don't know if it's because it was new. I don't know if it's because it's in this COVID time where like all of us are just extra spent mentally already. We're all right. like processing so many different emotions on every day right now. But being on Zoom for a class, it made me much more tired. Yeah. I think maybe that's because the energy exchange isn't that's, there. I was going to ask you, do you think it's because there's not like almost that immediate validation that we get educating yeah. in person? Yeah. yeah. When you teach in person, you're like a rock star. Right. Like you, there's a little bit of that, like you're doing what you love and the people around you are excited to see it and have questions for you and aha moments. And you get to see that light bulb and it's really rewarding. So you leave drained, but energized, if that makes sense. Right. But in Zoom, I loved it. I had a great time and I didn't have to fly. So that was great. Yeah. <laughs> but I was more tired. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. I feel like classes in, of any kind wear me out. Um, the energy exchange this year. Oh boy. How are you feeling? Um, I'm good. I've... I actually wanted to talk to you about this because, you know, we're not double booking anymore. Right. Our numbers are higher. Interesting. Like our dollar signs are higher. Now talk to me about that because, you know, I, I don't teach either way, but I am not a double booker. I never have been. Even when I did double book, I did not enjoy it. So last year was the first year that I did not double book at all, period, worked less hours, and it was the highest I've like ever done in service sales. So why do you think that is? <laughs> well, a few things. Mm -hmm. um, if I was booking somebody double booked, I needed more time in the middle to like go back and forth. Right. So all my services are like 30 minutes less. Right. Because I'm not back and forth the whole time. Right. So I'm, I'm still fitting in a little more people I need less time with each client basically right um but I I I'm still you know me I'm always like we'll see how this plays out right um, a piece of me is wondering if it's because everyone hadn't been in the salon for three months everything had to be bigger services and I was mixing more color and doing more so a piece of me wants to give this like a full six months to see what the next round looks like Right. Before I'm like, I'm not double booking and I'm making more money. Well, you're seeing people now for the second time, probably at this point. Yes. Getting there. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So it'll be interesting. I mean, for me, I knew like if I had somebody coming in and they wanted, I booked them for just a root touch up and a haircut and they, Oh, you know, I've really been thinking about adding some highlights. Like because I wasn't double booked, I could always add it. Like I always had more time. Um, so I felt like I could like upsell more, which I'm not a big upseller, but it was just easier. Yeah, I can do that. Like I didn't have to start turning people away for like services. Right. And I just feel like I, I'm able to give somebody so much more energy and I personally just need a fucking break. Oh. Like during processing time, I just want to go and chill. 
especially take the mask off for a minute, breathe. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I've, I've always been a maniac to myself when I book. Like, um, I would book two fulls in four hours, double booked. And that wow. was how I rolled for right. the last four years. A lot of people like doing that. They just enjoy it. I used to. Yeah. But like, I don't know if I'm older. <laughs> I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's because now I've got all these side hustles that like my brain is going different places. But I love this no double booking thing. Yeah. Do you think you'll continue? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Double, double booking will not happen. Yeah. Um, in our space, it you can't we cannot double book and keep everyone six feet away all, all the time. There's but I mean, even place. once that's, that's, if that ever happens, <laughs> um, do you think you'll still stick with it? Yeah. Cause I'll just yeah. be older and more tired then. Right. Right. But I, I really like being able to step away and like hang out with the apprentices and teach them something new or um, talk to some of the renters about, the struggles they're having or the, I really like to celebrate with them when we get the chance, their um, successes that day. So for me, like that was the team environment is so special. And if you're double booking like that, I, I was missing it. I'm enjoying my team more now. Right. Which is like building those relationships. Yeah. So your salon is called Coco Lemon. Coco. Explain the name. I know why. And I love <laughs> it so much. <laughs> so, um, First, I feel like I need to tell you that if Ashley wasn't a hairstylist, she always says her job would be naming OPI nail polishes. Oh, I could see that. Yeah. <laughs> I could totally see that. <laughs> Loves naming things. Yeah. And we were trying to come up with something that kind of played off the fact that I'm a brunette and I'm a brunette specialist and she's a blonde and she's a blonde specialist. And like we say the yin and yang of our relationship a lot. Right. So uh, cocoa is short for coconut, little brunette, and lemon is, it represents a blonde. So cocoa lemon is like the two of us represented. I love it. And I love the branding that y'all have too. Like it just like meshes so perfectly and it's fun and happy and inviting. And it's, I feel like it fits y'all very well. I feel like I have to like shout out our crew, Campfire and Co. They're amazing at branding. They do interior design for businesses too. They're incredible. Oh, awesome. And so um, any of the branding you see, the Vivid Brunette, the Blondologist, or Coco Lemon with, they took care of for us. Awesome. Awesome. Um, and Ashley's pretty good at branding stuff too, isn't she? Like she's yeah. Yeah. And I, you know, Elizabeth showed us Canva. Mm -hmm. yeah. I've just been going wild. I oh, love yeah. it. I love Canva. <laughs> and, and I used to think I couldn't do that stuff, but now me and Ashley do both. We both do it. Well, it's easy. I mean, yeah. Canva makes it so simple, you know, and yeah. especially once you have your branded colors and your fonts and stuff, yeah. it's like, you can pick anything and just change it. And it looks like your thing. It's okay. great. Oh, that was a, thank you, Elizabeth Bay for that information. Yeah, right. <laughs> Brings me joy. Shout out. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay. So talk to me about what you're doing now. So now you are working on coaching. So are you going to be doing a digital course? Are you doing one-on-one -on -one coaching? What are you and Ashley got going on behind the scenes that you so want to talk about if it's a secret? Nothing's a secret. <laughs> I can't keep secrets. That, um, we are currently already taking coaching clients. Awesome. And 
what I've realized in doing that is people really need something that's just like a guide to ease them into independence. So even if someone doesn't feel like they have the resources to spend X amount of dollars or hours with an independent coach, we are working on now creating a digital package or course, if you will, that is like every step of the way. Like, here's what to think about when you're deciding what uh, location to be in. Here's the kind of licenses to look into. Here are the kind of people to consider hiring. Here are the policies you need to think about. Here's what you need to think about branding and social media wise. Just that and more like in a little online course they can do whenever they want. I think that's awesome. I needed that big time. I remember just not even knowing, not knowing where to start. And like, I know here in Virginia Beach, like they don't help you with anything. Nobody. And there was only one suite um, like in the area. So Mm -hmm. I had my friend that could help. But other than that, it was like, I don't know, there was no guidance and you really had, you just kind of had to figure your shit out. Yeah. Um, Sola gave you a little packet, but it was a little confusing for me. Right. And um, yeah, I definitely, I feel like I didn't even know I needed a city of Richmond license on top of my DPOR with my zoning. Right. So I didn't even, or maybe it was like my sales and use tax. There was something that like I didn't even have for the first nine months because I had no idea. So I have to tell you a story because when, so I got the keys to my suite and in my mind, I'm like, okay, like I go and I get my business license and then I get to make it pretty and then I get to open. So I went to go get my business license and they were like, um, okay, we can get you started, but you need to have the health department go and, um, you know, check out your space before I give you your actual license. So I'm like, okay. So I, I there was some other place I had to go in between where I didn't have the right, like everywhere I went, I didn't have the right thing. So I, I'm like, okay, I go to the health department and the lady is like, well, you need to have a blueprint of your space with Mm -hmm. where everything has to be and present it before we can come check before you can get your business license. I started bawling in front of this woman, Mm -hmm. like just bawling because in my mind let me get all the like boring stuff done and then we get to do the fun pretty stuff not how it works (laughs) I mean a little bit it is but you just don't realize that the boring stuff is going to take up so much of your time yes and I can't tell you how many times I've gone to city hall and like played ping pong right and I'm lucky because I Richmond is the state capital so like the state building and the city building are right here right so I could go get my SCC stuff and then go back to the city building. But uh, I don't know about your experience, but I don't feel like people in those offices are necessarily happy. They're the worst. Yeah, or kind. (laughs) They aren't going out of their way to help you, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. Yeah. um, I cried and the lady just stared at me. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Um, Have you ever watched the movie Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy? No. I don't think so. It's one of my favorites because I'm a sci-fi nerd. And the books also obviously are amazing. But there's these aliens and they're bureaucrats. Okay, where are you going with this? (laughs) They're just constantly like, 
sign this piece of paper or else mm-hmm. this is going to happen. And they're like so boring and they're little stamp monsters and they're these right. like slug creatures. And the whole joke is like, don't ever let them corner you and read poetry because you'll die instantly because it's <laughs> so boring and so monotonous. Right. That is what I'm envisioning every time I deal with those offices. And I, I don't mean to say anything about the people that work there because they're actually lovely people. Right. Their jobs are just bleh. They don't. Well, it reminds, I will say that the business office here was very helpful. The health department, not so much. Um, But it reminds me of the wedding industry because I remember when I was planning my wedding and like everyone just expects you to already know how to plan a wedding, but you've never done it before in your life. So it's like you want people to be a little bit more like helpful. I mean, like us as hairstylists, if somebody comes in and wants to get balayage for the first time when they really don't want balayage, you know how that goes. um, We can't be like, I mean, what do you mean? Like, you don't know what I'm going to do. Like, you know, you have to like nurture right. them. I feel like this yeah. doesn't. But the nurture. difference is you and I want to see that client again. True. They don't care. Yeah. Yeah, that's very true. That's very true. Um, okay. So let's see. What, what advice do you want to give to somebody who wants to go out on their own? Whether it be booth rental or a suite, either one. Um, I always say the first thing about going independent is it's not right for everyone. Agreed. And I wouldn't tell everyone to go independent. Who would you not, who would you recommend not going independent? The person that likes going to work, doing their job, getting a paycheck and going home. Yes. If you aren't interested in doing work at home outside of time on the, behind the chair, um, and you are comfortable in someone else's space, especially like there are some really awesome commission stylist owners out there. And I never want anyone to think that I am anti-commission salons because I'm right. not, and I know right. really great salon owners. If you can find a space that matches your energy, matches your vibe, lets you be yourself and you feel taken care of and supported and you don't want to do extra work, independence is not for you. Yeah, I agree. And the flip of that is, as I'm talking to salon owners, like if you want your stylist to come in every day and represent a certain way and behave a certain way or use a certain product, independence is not for you. Right. Neither is right or wrong. Right. You just have to have a vision of what your day looks like and go with that. Right. So I think really like thinking about what you want your day-to-day to look like is the first thing you have to consider when you're thinking about going independent. For me, there was no option. I'm a control freak and I wanted everything to be exactly the way I wanted it. As I don't know how that feels. <laughs> <laughs> well, I feel like too, anytime somebody ta- asks me about it, um, I always say like, you know, you have what you're making commission and then you have all the things that come with it. You have your, the person that is holding the towels and the person that's answering the phones and the person that is, um, you know, folding your foils. I didn't like do my first foil until I went into a suite. That's like the one thing that I was like, I hate this. <laughs> um, but all these things, and then you just have to decide, like, do you want to make more money so that you can pay yourself to do these things? Or do you want to pay somebody else to do these things? Yeah. And there are hybrids like at Coco. Um, we do have someone that rips like 
I have a little sheet that's like on Mondays we rip foils. So right. Live, one of our amazing apprentices probably ripped ten boxes of Reynolds. Today. Right. Right. Um, <laughs> so there are definitely like hybrids, and that's the that's the best part about our industry now is there are so many options. There's gonna be a hair home for you. Right. Yep. No, I totally agree. Um, okay, I got a good one for you. Okay. If you could tell your former self one thing, what would it be? And it could be at any stage from your past. Yeah. Um, the tried and true, just be yourself thing. You hear it all the time. Yeah. Right. And uh, I was always like, what does this mean? Of course I'm being myself. But I wasn't for a long time and it it goes back to like, don't compare yourself to others. You don't have to do anything anyone else is doing. Um, I think just stepping back out of like people's expectations for me and into my own identity. If I had done that sooner, it would have been cool. But I've learned so much this way too, that like, I'm all right. Right. No, I agree. I'm especially when it comes to Instagram it's like when I was first trying to build anything on Instagram, my business, a brand, whatever you want to call it, I felt like I was talking about what I thought people wanted to hear. Mm-hmm. And it was like the moment I was like, fuck this. I'm going to say exactly what I want to say because my brand is me. Mm-hmm. It like completely turned around and people liked me, which yeah. was weird. <laughs> Social media is a great example of that for me yeah. too. And like, where I went, okay, why am I talking about this on Instagram? But every time I sit down with a hairstylist, our conversations are going this way. I'm literally ignoring the universe and my peers telling me what they want to talk about with me and doing what I'm seeing other people I look up to do instead. Right. When I let go of some of that fitting into a box, things really took a big turn for me. So I watch um, Hip Hop Evolution, I think is what it's called, (laughs) on Netflix. And like, it's every episode is like a different like story about like a rapper or whatever. And I just found it really interesting because almost everyone's story is like, they weren't great, they weren't great until they found themselves. And it's not just with hip hop, it's with almost anything. And you think about people that people love so much, they're always a little like different and are a little weird or a little, you know, they're not the norm. So I wonder why we like think that we have to be quote unquote normal or like a peep like please what people want when really people want the thing that they don't see every day yeah I mean I feel like I can't talk on that because it makes my brain go so fast but right? <laughs> um, I think you're totally right um, my husband's a musician yeah and I always remember when we were younger and people would be like, oh, you know, so-and-so, they're so cool because it was like a cute guy with a guitar or a drum set or a bass or whatever it was. And I, I used to say like, yeah, but he's actually like really, like we're all really dorky. Right. <laughs> None of us are like what you think of when you think of like, I don't know about you, but I was raised like thinking rock stars were like the coolest. Right. Yeah. Who didn't? I feel like everyone. I mean. And I still think they are. Right. But there's this certain level of like just nerding out over music that all of them have that gets them to that obsessive point where they can't stop. 
playing what they are hearing in their head. And it, right. I think every musician, every visual artist has to have a bit of that in them. Every artist in general, if you think about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's just, it's interesting. Cause I mean, I remember not like talking about certain things that I like cause I thought people would think it was stupid, you know? Yeah. And now I'm like, who cares? If you think it's stupid, <laughs> I don't want to talk to you anyway. Yeah. <laughs> I I, and a lot of me, a lot of times I'm like, maybe it's just cause I'm in my thirties now. Yeah. I think that, I think it does come with age. I wish I would have known it sooner. Yeah. And I look back and I feel like I knew it, but I didn't. You know what I mean? Right. Well, yeah. And everyone tells you to be yourself all the time. And you're like, I am being myself. I don't know what that means. But I I think it's just an evolution of like morphing. I I feel like we all have life things happen and we change and we tweak and we just evolve into something that eventually it's like, oh, yeah, that's, this is who I am. And I feel like it'll keep changing, uh-huh. you know, forever. Yeah. But if I feel I, like, the, I feel like thirties are like, you're like top of the mountain when it comes to like finding who you are. Oh, like, you know what I mean? Not, oh no. It's not like, I don't mean like downhill from here. That's not what I meant. <laughs> but like, like you really start like figuring it out and then you just kind of build your life around that, if that makes sense. Yeah, I'm into that idea. Like, I've yeah. been climbing a mountain for a while. And I don't know if a mountain is a good... I think so. Maybe like a plateau. Like, you're... <laughs> I got you. Let's go. Yeah. <laughs> and, that, and I think um, and for everyone, it's going to be different. Like, yeah. I know some stylists that are in their 20s that are, like, way beyond where I was at that point in my oh, life. Oh, I 100% agree. So, you know to each their own and And it's so fun to watch yeah like there's a girl in my area that's opening a salon I think next week like soon and um she's young and I just love watching her like I just I think it's so cool what she's doing and I'm like wow you're gonna have so many more years of happiness than I'm gonna get because I like took too long to figure this shit out (laughs) yeah I mean it's a good thing but it's just you know it's cool to see really it's so awesome to watch them grow. Yeah. And to watch anyone, like anyone, but hairstylists especially for me. I love the change um, from competition. And again, I don't know if it's just because I'm meeting the right people, <laughs> um, but it's like, I just don't feel like it's there anymore. I mean, I guess it, I'm sure it still is. Maybe I just tune it out, um, but it's so nice I think with the age of more independent stylists, you kind of can't be competitive. Well, I think it's just taught us to have tougher skin too. Cause like with the age of social media comes seeing your client in someone else's chair on Instagram from time right. to time. Yeah. Um, you can't take it personal. You can't. And if you, 10 years ago, I didn't like someone stopped coming and I, I would never have any idea. But now sometimes I see them in so-and-so's chair on Instagram and I'm like, that makes perfect sense. I was never able to hit this thing for them. And I'm so glad they got the hair of their dreams because when they move on, I now have space to bring in someone that is looking for more of what I do. Right. Exactly. Make room essentially. Yeah. Um, All right. Well, 
Is there anything else you would like to say to somebody that's thinking about going independent or that is independent looking for support? Because I was that person. I went into my suite and then I hired my first coach, I think three to six months in because mm -hmm. I realized I felt really lonely and I needed like some type of like, I don't know, support. I mean, it's the best way. I'm so jealous yeah. of you. I never hired a coach until that was, that was my first experience with a coach. And I will probably have a coach in every aspect of my life from here on out. Well, this education foundations is like the first time I've hired like Somebody. someone to help me grow something. And yeah, I never want to not again. Yes. Uh, I think maybe something to talk about, cause I've had a few people ask me is how do you pick, like, how do you pick which coach? That's a educator. Right. That's a good, I've had somebody ask me the same. I feel like there are so many options out there mm -hmm. that we, you just have to like pick the person that you feel like they're directly talking to you each time they post something. Yeah. Um, I feel like the same way there is a hair size for everyone, there's a coach for someone. There's, yeah. so, there's so many people that are just like 15, 10 years ahead of you that are willing and honestly dying to share what they know with anyone that needs it. Yeah, I agree. I think you so, need to find the person who has the story that you resonate with the most and has turned it into what you want to turn right to. Like, and what they have is most like what you want. Exactly. Like, um, if you're not looking to be an independent stylist or eventually a salon owner, right? Probably me and Ashley probably can help you a little bit, but not. It's not our specialty, right? And I know some hairstylists out there that could teach them amazing things. Right. And I think the consultation calls that most of us do are really important too. And people yeah. should really take advantage of that. Right. And see who, who fits. Because yeah. you, do, you have to find somebody that you resonate with. Yeah. And you have to feel heard and understood. Right. Exactly. All right, Sarah Marie. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Would you like to do a, a, a love shout out to your uh, work wife? Um, <laughs> to Ashley. Hi, Ashley. I love you. Thank you for everything. <laughs> now she has to listen to the whole thing just so she gets it. Yeah, I'm going to tell her you have to listen because I said terrible things. about. <laughs> so where can people find you? Um, do you have a little bit of like a free outline per se ah, somebody yes. is thinking about going independent or a way to get a hold of you i have all the things okay you can find me personally at the vivid brunette at on instagram you can find my salon at coco lemon dot hair on instagram <laughs> and um we also have a website coco lemon hair.com and if you go to the main page and click education or join the crew, I think actually I just edited it again, <laughs> the, all of the opportunities to work with us. So like a freebie workbook to help you journal your ideas into independence, consultation form to do a consult call with us. We actually have a balayage class coming up on Zoom. You can buy tickets to through there. And then the package to sign up for our coaching calls is all right there under join the crew on our website. 
Awesome. And I will put your um, handle on Instagram and your email in the show notes in case somebody's driving and can't write that down. That's um, where I would be. Right. <laughs> exactly. All right, Sarah Marie, thank you so much. It's always so good to talk to you. Thank you. I enjoyed this very much. As always. And I will talk to you soon. Okay, bye, friend. Bye. And once again, I want to thank Sarah Marie for being on the Backroom Beauty Talks podcast. And I want to thank you for listening. Thank you so much for sharing. Thank you so much for rating this podcast. Every rating and review and share spreads the word about Backroom Beauty Talks to more and more people. So I truly, truly appreciate this new venture and all of the support that I'm getting. Um, Again, if you like it, share it. Don't forget to tag me at hairbite underscore Misty Jane, and I'll talk to you on the next one.